Alright, Ghost Slinger, do you want to explain to us where you got this musical instrument? Did you have it in your bag the entire time? Amazon. Amazon? Amazon does not exist in our D&D campaign. <laughs> okay, no, wait a minute. Ghost Slinger got this musical instrument as a family heirloom from the warriors in the Amazonian jungle. There you go. Exactly. And she carries it in her bag at all times. So if you hear any weird noises, it's probably Ghost Slinger playing on her tomatone. So it changes pitch as you go up the fret? Yeah. And it has different... Different. High, medium, low. <laughs> that one sounds like a fart. Yes, yes. That's on purpose. Little kids love farts. Okay. Well, that is enough tomatone for now. What did we do last week, y'all? So, we... Wait, we talked about it this morning, Jessica. Why can't I remember? Because now yeah. you're now you're shy. The amulet. Yeah, the amulet. Your guy. Zabuzah took the amulet, and then I got it back. And then I attempted to play hide and seek, and then there was a sound of bushes, and then I the bushes. What was in the bushes? A sound. Oh, there was a sound in the bushes, and you came shooting out of the bushes. Yes. So, let me check. Is that all that happened last week? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no, you guys started in Brentwood. You got all your stuff. You got some donkeys. Uh, you got some, like, a grappling hook and some rope and some blankets and all sorts of stuff. You guys bought a bunch of stuff for your trip. We got jerky. Oh, you got rewarded for helping the, the two kids from uh, White get to Brentwood. You got some stuff for Merlin to make a potion with. Oh yeah, you made jerky all week, and Ghost Slinger got drunk in a tavern? Partying. Partied hard. She probably spent the whole time playing her musical tomatone. <laughs> Let's see. And then you hit the road, and then you got attacked by Zabuza. Oh yeah, the magical amulet got stolen, and then Ghost Slinger stole it back. Then you guys... I think... Were you asleep when that happened? Yeah, you were asleep. And then you slept. And you woke up the next day and you moved on out of the Brentwoods. That sounds what? about like what happened. What's he freaking out about? Who, what, where? Can he not hear you? Who? Dad. Dad? Are you frozen? He doesn't hear you, Derek. Uh, Alright, everybody. I'm hanging up this call. We will pick it up in a moment. Uh-oh. They got their food delivery. This is a food then what am I gonna do with my hamburger? 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 Are we starting? This is it? Yep. This is the moment? Right now? Yep, yep. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that so we just. Calipers. It is Dad's calipers. So <laughs> we just decided. You guys slept through the night, you wake up, nothing weird happens, Zabuza doesn't show back up. You have the amulet again. Actually, I think Ghost Slinger has the amulet. Is that right? Yes. Ghost Slinger, you've got the amulet. You're protecting it. 
And you guys get up, you get on your donkeys, and you head on out of the Brent Woods. A few days pass, uh, with you making your way along the tired dirt trail that snakes its way northwards. And the forest is long behind you now. The fields around you have been tall with grass up to this point. It's early spring, like we said before, so uh, the grass is kind of going from the brown of winter into the lush green of spring, so there's some brown patches and some green patches. So around you, you spot there's occasional areas of dense brush or some light woods here and there. You'll hear some birds in the air occasionally, but otherwise the trail is mostly quiet. So it catches your attention when, on this particular day, as you're wake making your way along the road, you hear the sound of running water. Who pinged me? What was that? I turned the sound down a little bit. Oh, nope. It was, I got a text message. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> so you hear the sound of running water. As you continue down the road, you find a small babbling brook making its way through the tall grass with some shrubs sprouting up around the plentiful water. The stones around the river once had harsh edges, but you can tell that the running water has over time made them smooth. From the back of your donkeys, you can see a good fishing hole, and it looks like there's a well-worn path where wildlife frequently comes to drink. The brook follows the road for a ways before you come to a stone bridge. The bridge looks like it's been here forever. Moss is growing up where its stones meet the water. Do you guys want to do anything with this little river? We're going to stop for a drink. Maybe we'll go fishing. Does anyone have a fishing pole? Or things to make a fishing pole? You could roll me a... Is survival still a thing? Probably not. It's probably... No, survival is a thing, isn't it? I don't know. I don't have a character sheet open. Yes, I think it is. Roll me a survival check if you want to craft together a fishing pole. It is, isn't it? Yes, survival is a thing. 18. Hmm? <laughs> she always rolls an 18 there. Oh, this is true. 12! Alright, 12 plus. Do you have survival as a skill? I think you do. I feel like I do. I do. So that means plus 2. Do you have any other benefit to where survival's at? Is it plus something? Wisdom plus 2. So, plus 4. So you get a 16. Alright, you managed to find, I don't know... I said there was some light woods nearby. Maybe you find a small tree that you can kind of fashion together a stick with a string on the end of it. Well, there's a bridge. There is a bridge made of stone. We'll just drop a string in the water. We don't need a pole. Fair point. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you had some small paper clip or something that you could turn into a fishing hook. Paper clip. I don't yeah, know. I'll go, upstream and, I'll go upstream and throw some bread into the water and let it float down under the bridge. We'll chum a little bit. Maybe we can catch a minnow. There could be a troll living under this bridge. <laughs> it's not a very big bridge. It would have to be a very tiny troll. Okay. The river, let's see, the bridge is probably, I don't know, like six or eight feet across. It's just enough so that you can get a carriage through this water when the water is high without having to worry about the the carriage getting swept away in the, the slow current. Merlin... You spot some mushrooms that you think might be useful. Mm. Hmm. I can mix. We can dry them and make some kind of a potion out of them. A sleeping potion, maybe. Okay, so you go over and you investigate these mushrooms. And you think that they might be helpful in concocting a healing potion. Based on your knowledge of herbs and 
potion making. I okay. rolled you a. I rolled you a check. You rolled well. Okay. A healing potion. So it'll take you a few days to make a healing potion. You'll have to spend a couple hours of downtime not traveling in order to do it. Do you guys want to do that here while you're fishing and try to put together a lunch? Or are you going to hit the road again? Well, if we catch any fish, we'll have a fire. Spend the night here. Okay. Asharis, roll me a d20. Because you're the one fishing, right? What about the baby? Well, she hasn't said she's doing anything, so I imagine she's sitting around rolling her eyes. We're fishing. <laughs> what did she say? I haven't heard her playing her musical instrument. Because she's eating. I'm eating. Oh, she's too busy. She's 14. eating fish. Rations Here, out I of her she bag. Was a wench. 14. All right. Let's go ahead, then I will roll this. You catch three good sized trout, one for each of you. Mm. Wow. Fish. As you are taking we'll your break from the trail to uh to take to catch these fish. We'll take uh take a small sword from from uh, Let's roast him over the fire. Well we gotta cut their guts out first. Yep. Clean them. Alright. I'll be down near the water. So you guys spend a couple of hours kinda of by the side of this stream. Doing uh, lunch stuff, you catch some fish, you prepare a little fire pit and put together a little roasting spit for your fish after you clean them. And the uh, the river gives you an opportunity to clean up from your your time on the trail. You maybe wash a couple of garments of clothes and take a break after a few days of traveling. You have a, a nice rest of the day, kind of. Hanging out by the side of this this little uh, little brook. It's a welcome part of our trip. Yeah, Take it's a, a pleasant uh, a pleasant couple of, or a pleasant few hours for the rest of the afternoon here. A couple of more days of quiet travel pass by with you making good time during the day, and your watch in the night goes by without event. The chill spring breeze you feel from the south has not yet warmed, and you are starting to wonder if you will feel the warmth of spring again before you get to the mountains, where it'll be several more weeks before the warm, uh, warm winds reach there. As you are walking along the path, I guess walk as your donkeys are walking along the path with you, the grassy fields around you stop abruptly, and you can see that the earth is plowed and waiting to be planted. Your donkeys have been happily walking along and eating this whole trip. The grass by the roadside here is shorter since the area is being tended, and your donkey mutters as the tall grass stops. But after a moment, he continues when you ask him to. Uh-oh. You haven't seen anyone except for Zabuza since you left Brentwood. But on the horizon now, you can see a few buildings, which brings hope that maybe you'll be able to stay inside tonight. Mm. So let me try and describe these buildings for you. It looks like a small cluster. There's some on one side of the road and some on the other. One of them is a white plaster with wooden wooden planks that decorate its sides. You can see that the upper floor is larger than the bottom floor. It overhangs around the outside edge of it. The roof is a dark kind of tiled roof. It looks like it's uh, clay, maybe. Clay bricks or what are they called? Roofing tiles. Clay roofing tiles that make up its... Uh, 
decoration. There's a small area, a paddock, fenced in with a couple of horses there. Another one of the buildings looks like it's entirely made of brick. The doors on it are white, and it has large open window shutters that are also painted with a white. The roof is a mismatch between dark-colored tiles and terracotta-colored tiles that make up its roof, so it has an interesting pattern. You can see on one side of it, it's had a lean-to put on to add to its size over the years. And then there's a smaller building with a, a thatch roof and two chimneys coming up out of either side that you can see jutting out of the stone structure. It doesn't have a second floor, but it does have the most greenery around it. Do you guys continue going up to the building? Keep walking. Ghostslinger <laughs> says no. Is there any signage? Uh, there's no signage. just looks like as you're coming along the trail, there happens to be these few houses here. Perhaps they were built... Yeah, perhaps they were built as the start of a small village along the path, but no one mentioned that they would be here on your way north. And we haven't seen any people? No, you really haven't seen anybody coming or going. Is there any smoke coming out of the chimneys? Uh, yes, it does look like there is some, some smoke rising up out of a couple of the buildings. And you can see two or three figures moving around outside the buildings as they go about their business during the day. What time is it? Uh, let's say it's around two in the afternoon. Hmm. We should stop in. I guess so. So how do you go about approaching? Hey, anybody home? We are, but we're travelers. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a court jester. Oi. What do we have here then? What are you up to? Where are you? Uh, where are you traveling in from? Brentwood. <laughs> oh, that's a long way away down the road. If that's uh, that, that's you guys are probably pretty tired then, eh? Looking, uh, looking to stay for the night. Yeah, could we stay in your barn, maybe? Yeah, probably. I don't see any issue with that. We haven't had much traveling companies come up the road uh, this year. It's probably because it's still so early in the spring. Weather really hasn't Pretty turned, quiet around here. turned warm yet. Pretty quiet around here, then. Well, uh, who are you three? Uh, I'm Merlin. This is uh, Sharus. And uh, that there is a uh, ghost slinger. Wait, this is Lawrence. <laughs> He's musically inclined. Well, nice, <laughs> nice to meet you. If you're musically inclined, and that would be nice, we'll have some new entertainment around here. No! <laughs> Me, I'm England. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm Eng... I'm Ian. Ian. And me and my family live over here in this house. Rory, Blair, and Katrina. And just mm. about that time, another uh, gentleman walks up. I'm, I'm, I'm really... I'm pushing my, uh, my abilities here. Just a moment. Oi! Hey, you! Get away from them travellers! Them travellers be coming to stay at my house tonight! We haven't had anybody up through here, and my hospitality's- uh, My hospitality- Hospitality! Oi! <laughs> my hospitality is far better than them English folks over there! I'm Jockey! And my family, me beautiful wife Lindsay, 
Lockie and Nickel live over here in this house. Would you, you be, be looking, putting us in the barn then? If you be looking for a best place to stay, my family offers the best around here. And about that time, another gentleman walks up. Oh, they're gonna be fighting for our business. That means a good deal for us. Oi, Jockey! You get out of that! They'll be staying at my family's place over here with the Irish. Sweeney oh, and Finley and me take good care of them. We'll make you dinner. And make sure that you don't have any trouble throughout the night. I like the Irish. <laughs> if you we like yourself a good, a good beer, you know there's no better place than Ireland for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So do you guys have any questions for these three families that seem to be from very distinctly dif different places and don't have the same accent in any way? <laughs> And how have they all been thrown together in Just, this one place? Despite my uh, my like inability to do it. It sounds like a war zone to me. Is it Scotland, Ireland, and England? Yes, yeah. yes, yep. they are. Definitely war zone. All of it. As if you will, this is a, a miniature uh, uh, crossroads mm -hmm. between these three families right here. Who's standing on the border of? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what do each of you charge a night? Good for free. They all have. Or, hmm, who am I going to let talk first? <laughs> we have an injury on board. Wait, what happened? This, one, this young one has an injury. Just poke yourself in the eye with a stick. <laughs> what right, you, it's on the dangerous. No, no, no. What do you mean, what we charge? Our three families has been here for generations on this here spit of land, working it, farming up the foods, all the good grub that they have down there in Britwood, half of it's ours. Mm. We've been sending carriages down there with the, the, the harvest each year for hundreds of years now. It just so happens that any time somebody walks through this area, uh, we have a bit of a confrontation over who gets to entertain them for the night. <laughs> Well, I'll stay at one house, and you guys can stay at another house, and we'll see how everybody does. We'll split up. I want to know what's for dinner. I just want to go. <laughs> okay. Jessica wants to stay with the Irish. All right. The beer. So Jessica heads over towards uh, Killian and his family, who are in the, the smallest house with the most greenery around it. Ian pipes up, and uh, he says, Well, obviously, each of us has got some very... Not stereotypical and quite common food for the area. So there's that little brook down the way. We like to cook up fish and chips at my place. I like mm. fish and chips. Jockey pipes in. <laughs> he says, well, over at my place, we cook up the only the finest of meals. We'll make up some haggis. Which um, I know it doesn't sound that appealing, but we've got some nice haggis? side dishes that go with it. Maggots don't you sound know, the rest, to me. The rest of the, the sheep don't go to waste. We'll have some lamb and some haggis. Haggis, not maggots, Dad. <laughs> put, put together a, a right nice spread for you. I misunderstood that one. I'm down for the fish and chips. Where did he go? Alright, so you guys you guys all agree in, in a, a very... Um, diplomatic way that you're not going to offend any of these families and each one of you will spend the evening with one of them in order to avoid offending anyone 
do you ask them anything as you spend the rest of the day here with this family, kind of chilling out, waiting to to get a good night's rest under covered roof out of the cold for a while? Uh, is there anything we should know about in the road up ahead? Ian will answer. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there is actually. Uh, that family up the roadways, they lost their nerve a few months back. I don't know why they've been there just about as long as we've been here. But they run off to start over some new someplace else. We ain't gonna leave, though. None of that malarkey about portals into other worlds gets to us. They must have just been out there too long on their own. If you're headed up that way, though, best keep your guard up while you're going uh, by their old place. You can't miss it. It's a big windmill by the side of the road. Wow. An unoccupied windmill? Yeah, you should be careful, though. By now, bandits might have made their way into there. Hopefully not. I mean, uh, the place was pretty much picked clean while uh, while they were leaving. Loaded up a big carriage full of stuff and headed off. I think we saw them. They had some children with them. Hello? Uh, well, I did say that you guys really hadn't seen anybody else as you made your way through the, through the, uh, no, the no. area. I, it's not the ones that came to town with the children. No, they the were from town. White, way far away. Okay. No, this would be so a different family. You guys haven't seen them on the road, but it's possible that they took a different trail. Okay. And actually, he said it was months back, so you wouldn't have been on the road anyway. Okay. But you didn't hear of anybody new coming into Brentwood either, so who knows? They could have gone anywhere. Is there a chance you know where Scale Ridge is? Oh, yeah. You all are on the right path. Uh, you're still a ways away, mind you, but you're headed the right way. You said you came in from Brentwood. Uh, Brentwood's down south of us, and you head up, uh, this trail will take you up to, it'll take you up through, uh, Drycott. You'll find Drycott at the end of the trail here, and then you head south from Drycott, and, uh, you'll see Scale Ridge on the, uh, west. the <laughs> west. Up over by the mountains. You really can't miss it. It's the, uh, the pass through the mountains will lead you up to Scale Ridge. Okay. You probably, uh, I don't know, from here it's maybe about mm, 210 day. That's a good trip. You guys, uh, you got business over there. Family, maybe. We're living off the land, actually, on our way there. And beef and jerky that I, we have some jerky and a few things to carry. We can always eat a mule if we have to. Well, you best be careful. You'll, you may end up doing that. It's still uh, still going to be rather cold up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. We brought some long long johns. Yeah, you guys look like you've got pretty decent gear on your uh, on your donkeys there. Not yeah, quite as nice as down. not quite as nice to ride on as horses, but they get the job done when you're in a pinch. Hmm. Making fun of our donkeys? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Ian, you're making fun of their donkeys. Shouldn't be doing that. You'll offend them. You'll get all uppity and leave your place and come stay with my family for the night. (laughs) My God. Let's go wash up, get ready for dinner, get cleaned up a little bit. All right. So the rest of you, uh, or the the rest of your evening pretty much goes by without without any any anything uh, super eventful and out there. Uh, Each of the families is kind of 
poking and jabbing at each other, as, as you know, families that live in close proximity and hate each other, like uh, the British, the English, and the Scottish, or sorry, the Scottish, the English, and the Irish often do, because, you know, they, that's how they are. Always making fun of each other and trying to one-up one another. And dinner at each of the houses smells wonderful. If you make your way between them, you can smell these, these wonderful meals. There's uh, some cottage, no, is it cottage pie? No, it's not a cottage pie. Shepherd's porridge. Shepherd's pie. You smell some shepherd's pie over here. You smell some fish and chips. You smell uh, some some lamb. You smell porridge. You smell all these wonderful meals that they're putting together. They're kind of laying out the spread of their stores from the winter, looking forward to the, the spring ahead. And each of you has a wonderful meal. You, you eat your fill, and you're happy for the evening. And Ghost Slinger, you, you play some uh, peppy tunes. For the uh, the Irish family, family, Finley and Sweeney, uh, dance the the whole time away while you're uh, yeah, while you're you're playing uh, playing a, a southern tune for them, or maybe an eastern tune, being all ninja y. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys just have a really good night. You get to meet these this family and and kind of see what uh, how boring their life is. Yeah, you, you kind of get to see, you know, the, their farming equipment and their animals, and the they talk about when they're going to plant the harvest, and they're fighting over when the right time to plant is, because one of them says winter's not quite over, the other one says, no, we really should plant next week. You know, stuff. That's because they, they don't have a farmer's almanac. <laughs> and do you guys bed down for the night? Not too many worries. Uh, let me see. I'll roll some dice for you. Merlin, you're not 100% sure whether or not you should completely trust them. Asharis, you're totally convinced that the family you're staying with is... They're, they're all on the up and up. There's, there's no, uh, no questions about their, their on, uh, earnestness and honesty in, every, uh, in, in the way they've treated you. And Ghostslinger, you're pretty sure that the Irish boys are in love with you. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I'll be happy to sleep through the night without having to stand watch. There you go. Kids me. Alright, so the four of you bed down for the night. Uh, you say your honest thanks yous. Three of you. Five of you, if you count the animals. I forgot. I should have made a big deal of your animals. I always forget. <laughs> um, you all bed down for the night and are thankful to not have to give watch. You sleep soundly. You sleep like a rock. You sleep well through past uh, sunup the next morning. They don't wake you. They leave you because they know that you, you've been on a long trip and you have a long road ahead of you. Uh, so they let you sleep in. You wake up the next morning to uh, the wholesome smell of a stew that has been put together from all the leftovers from the night before. Uh, so the whole house for each one of you smells like a, a different flavor of stew. And you wake up in your own time, ready to head out uh, and face the day. Where's my eggs? <laughs> Let's eggs, beans, and hot dogs. Beanie weenies for breakfast? All right. Well, that's well what... we can definitely cover you on the beans front. <laughs> that's what they had in England when we were there. Hot dogs, hot beans dogs. for breakfast. Remember? Sausages. 
two eggs, hot dogs, and, and pork and beans on the table on one Sausages. plate. There was no hot dogs for breakfast. It looked like a hot dog. You gotta have yourself some good old sausage for breakfast. Here, have some Maybe. stew, sausage, eggs, and a little bit of toast. Okay. And you sit down at a, a relatively uh, large family dining area. Where the, uh, the, the boys have already head outside to go start taking care of their chores for the day. But the family is happy to uh, kind of just take care of you as their hospitality competition dictates they should. They treat you like royalty. You don't have to lift a finger for anything. How about the other two of you? What? I'm happy. Wake up, get your breakfast. Yep. Come outside. Trying to hit the road in a hurry. Yes. No. Well, I pick up Lawrence and say... It's already 10 o'clock. 9 o'clock already. Been daylight for a couple hours. This far north. Hmm. I heard you pick up Lawrence. Is that the name of your... Your musical instrument? Yes. It's a good name. Crazy about Hamilton. Great musical. So you come running down the stairs in the morning, Ghost Slinger, with your musical instrument in hand, and you're playing the whole way down the stairs. No noise. Wait, I mean, geez. You don't want to do that? I'm putting, I'm shake. putting actions in your head here. That was very good. That was pretty good. Excitement fills your body. You're 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 happy to have had a good night's sleep. You you enjoyed dancing the night away the night before. You're happy to have not been woken up early in the morning by Merlin and Dasharis to drag your butt up the trail some more. And you you find a, a nice spread of breakfast laid out on a, a similarly nice family dining table, and you have your breakfast. Awesome. Well, thank you for your hospitality. We are on a mission. Well, uh, no problem. Easy enough. Like I said, we have the best hospitality of any of the families here. <laughs> you get your water from the, from the stream, from the brook down the road? Oh, we got a well, too. Oh, you have a well. Yeah, it would be impossible to take care of all these animals if we had, uh, if we had to go all the way down to the brook any time that we needed some water. So we draw from the well? Yeah, much as you need. Was it a spring before you made it a well? No, we, uh, we, sit, we, we, we built ourselves in here because we're about the halfway point between uh, Drycott and Brentwood. So we was hoping, being here, we'd be able to uh, capitalize on the back and forth of travelers in order to kind of grow up another town here. We're not far from the water, so... Uh, it would be a good place for a town, but it hasn't caught on as well as we'd have liked. What with our three families being the only ones here for the longest time now. But, we got a good path to both towns, open plots of land that no one fought over. Can't say it's all bad. Hmm. What's the next town? Drycott. Hmm. Is that D-R-Y? It is now, because I said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not Drycott. It's Drake Drakeot. Pardon me. D-R-A? D-R-A-Y. Okay. I have to make a note of that. Are you, you going to charge travelers as they come by this way? Since you're at the, the halfway point? Well, we might, we might would have, but there's never been enough 
enough people down the path to really, really bother with it. Most people are just looking for a place to stay for the night, but, you know, we've got it off, well off here. Our families haven't really ever had anybody pester us or hassle us. It's been, uh, it's been a good, a good run for us, so we just, we like to, uh, I don't know, as they say, uh, uh, share the wealth. I see. Very much appreciated. So uh, the hope is that uh, that our, our three families will continue to prosper. Well, may the, uh, the spirits be good to you well, as we, we uh, plan on leaving within the hour. Well, we appreciate your blessings, especially from uh, uh, a well-adapted magic user such as yourself. Hmm. May the odds be ever in your favor. And uh, all three families get out on the road and they wave their goodbyes to you as you head out on the road. Safe travels! Safe travels! <laughs> and I'm and imagining, I'm imagining Ghost Slinger the entire time that she's leaving on her donkey, kind of just playing away at her music and looking back at those two boys who, like, are just enamored with her. It's just like... Oh, yeah. Very good. Sounds like you're squeezing a goose. So Merlin, as you're heading down the road, you're, I mean, it's its probably, ah, it's the same day still. It's been a couple of few hours. You've made good progress down the path. Around you, you, you know, the, the, the tended fields have fallen away and you're, you're back out into the wild grasses. You hear a, a voice in your head. The same one you've heard several times now. It pipes up and says, Boy, I'm, I'm pushing the voices today. Merlin, is everything all right? You didn't respond to my last message. What happened? We're on our way, my voice in my head says. <clears throat> Traveling to Drycott. We're almost a few more days away. We should be to scale... Ridge within a week. We're on our way traveling to Draycott. Should be there soon in a week. Did I miss a, p a part in there? Say it again. Did I miss a part? Did you say uh, you're okay? Yes, put, put it, we're okay in there. Uh, yeah, the, the last message was about the white unicorn. White unicorn? Yes. You asked how you could trust him, and he said a white unicorn told him that he could trust you. We should have asked his name. You still can, if well, Merlin if Merlin tells you that he has another message. But don't we only have so many words? You do only have so many words, but you're currently like ten. Okay. You guys did well, discuss it last time, what you would send back, but then for some reason we got distracted. I'm not exactly sure what it was. We were distracted. <laughs> what was the person's name that's talking to my head? You don't know. You've never asked. Okay. That's what I said. We should ask his name. All I know is I'm supposed to meet some guy on a rock. <laughs> exactly. So. I when I see you. Going way out of the way just to do this. Yeah, you didn't ask. You just decided you were going to go that way. And your friends went along with you for some reason. I guess because magic men have magic missions that they have to go on sometimes. Sometimes there's strange people in your head. Well, you did also get drummed out of white. So, I mean, that could have had something to do with it. Yes. But yeah. did, did you want to After ask anything else? 
Who are we going to? Who are asking this question? The guy that's talking to my head. Yes, it, it's the same same conversation you've been having off and on now for near on a month. <coughs> yes, Every now and again, you just get a message in your head. So, uh, what what would be your name, sir? It's funny. We'll have where to do you know me from? Before we hear him again. Well, he he told you where he knows you from. He told you that he knows about you because of a unicorn, a white unicorn with a okay. rainbow horn. Shining armor. And Asharis okay. did tell you that that's probably Shining Armor, who she met in the Fate Wild. Okay, now it all comes back to me. <laughs> all right, so we don't know his name yet. Nope, you'll have to wait. It takes. Anywhere between a day or two and a week before you'll get a response. It seems like it's taken longer like it... more recently. Because it probably takes a lot of power, right? He's battling the orcs. <laughs> okay, so you guys head out north from the three families. Merlin gets this message and he answers. I don't know if he talked to the rest of you about it or not. I am talking to them about it. Okay, so he tells you... What else are we going to talk about? He tells you about it. Well, See, us having a conversation between me as the dungeon master and you as a player isn't the same thing as you having a conversation as Merlin to Asharis. But then I did Asharis. Do do we know his name yet? And she told me about the unicorn with the colored nose, colored horn. You guys continue heading up the road... And it doesn't take too terribly long before you come upon a disused windmill. Ah, yes. Uh-oh. A place where the bandits could be. It's quite a big windmill, and you imagine that it must have been a fairly large family to build it, since it is so large. The sails of the, of the windmill are tattered and frayed from all but one of the blades. It stands solemnly, turning in the gentle evening breeze. The main so cylindrical turn. building has a smaller house pushed up against it that looks like it would be a good place to rest and get out of the elements for the night. But the warning from the three families that you stayed with just a couple days back rings in your ears. Mm -hmm. What do you guys want to do? Yes, bum bum bum. I don't want to stay here. Neither do me and Lawrence. Well, it's unfortunate for well, you then, because it is evening. It's not uh, too terribly uh, long before the sun will be going down. Let's start running! <laughs> running! Hmm. But there's enough sun that you could easily go in and investigate the place. You don't see any smoke coming out of the chimney, so you don't think anyone is here. Or at least if they are, they're trying to hide. Alright. Why are we gonna risk it? Let's send Archimedes in there. And we can also send Mikey. We can just send all the animals in there. Send the animals in. <laughs> Wait, I forgot what we Okay, so you approach the side of the building. Where do you approach? Do you approach the windmill section or the house section? Hmm. Wouldn't they be in the house instead of the windmill? Merlin? <laughs> I'm going for the house. Okay. Merlin, yeah. you go towards the house, and do you send uh, Archimedes in to check the place out? Uh, one of the windows Archimedes. is open. 
Yes, Archimedes is going in to look around first. Okay, so Archimedes heads into this place, and the house is pretty barren. There's some large furniture that you wouldn't be able to move with you easily. Uh, so there's some tables, chairs, or there's a table, chairs, maybe a couple of chest of drawers, a wardrobe, uh, large stuff like that. Lion, the witch in the wardrobe? We could make a fire out of that stuff. Naria. There on the outside of the house, uh, as you come up, you notice that there is a stockpile of firewood still on the side of the house. It doesn't look like they cleaned the place out completely as they left. But there's nothing, like, Archimedes doesn't see anything, like, small stuff that you could take. There's no tablecloth. There's nothing on any of the counters. The cabinets seem bare. Stuff like that is all missing. Okay, so there's definitely no food. Uh, right. But Archimedes also doesn't doesn't see anyone in here. He doesn't uh, see any people, and he doesn't hear anything that particularly draws his attention. Maybe the scraping of a few rodents that have come inside. Ground floor. It's ground floor only. The the house portion is. Is the windmill attached? The windmill is attached. So Archimedes should fly into the windmill next. Okay. Archimedes heads over into the windmill section. He makes his way through the house through a couple of partly opened doorways. And as he comes into the windmill section, he sees a large cylindrical chamber, the base of the windmill. There's, it's full of crates and barrels. There's, I forget the name, like tweed sacks full of something scattered about the area. Burlap. Uh, burlap, yes, burlap sacks. Kind of <laughs> scattered around the area, stuffed full of something. Much of the crates and stuff look water damaged, but some of it may be sal salvageable. He also sees a circular staircase that runs up the outside edge of the room. It seems to go around the outside edge of the windmill going upwards. Alright, so it looks good. Nobody's here. He still doesn't see anyone here. Okay. Can you hear what Archimedes hears when you close your eyes? Yes. Yeah, you can't just say that, though. I don't know if I've told you if you can hear or not. Uh, Tiff? Well, it doesn't say on my paperwork. Asharis, can you hear what your pet hears if you do animal friendship or animal companion or whatever the spell is? Mine is a mind thing. Um. No. I don't think I don't think so. I don't even I don't can't see what she sees. So. When you do a when you do a sensor, like if you were to use a spell mm -hmm. to make a sensor, you can only choose to see or hear. So for right now, I'll just I'll just wait. What do you what do you want to do? You can go in. I think we should take over the house. Okay. So Merlin, you head into the house and you see the same things that Archimedes has already scouted out for you. Uh, and Archimedes uh, will come back to you from the the windmill section and kind of keep an eye looking in that direction. He's st he seems almost curious of what's that way. Hmm. What's my team doing? What's Asharis doing? I'm following you. All right, let's bolt the doors and uh, try to make this as secure as we can for the night. And I'll start a fire. Okay. In the fireplace. Uh, you grab some of the uh, the wood that's still laid out in the kitchen. 
and start up the the big uh, wooden stove uh, in the kitchen with uh, absolute ease. You just throw some wood in there and launch in a firebolt, and it instantly lights up, and you can feel the warmth exactly. start to radiate through the room. Yes. What did the other two of you say you were doing? I'm following him. Following me. Where so, are you? What is the range? Derek, hmm? uh, master of ceremonies. What is the range of my lantern lighting ability? Your light? Yeah. Your light casts a 30-foot radius of light, and then outside of that, a 30-foot radius of dim light. So you can see 60 but it, feet. It all comes from me, though, right? Uh, it comes from whatever you touch. You have the light uh, spell, right? Is that what it is? It's a cantrip yes, that's light? It's a light spell. You can touch any item you want to, and it will start to glow. You can dispel it at will. In the past, you've used it to light up your staff. Your whole staff lights up. And then at will, you can turn it off. So like a flashlight, you can just turn it off and on. You can, pre you can touch multiple things, and whatever the thing you last touched is will glow. The mustache is on. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go to the, uh, to the windmill and... There's a window in the windmill. Yes, the you can. There, the light is coming through in the windmill area, but the shutters are closed. I'm going to go up there and open one shutter. Okay. And, so you... uh, touch something there that's near the window and leave it lit. Okay. And, we're gonna, and then go back downstairs and stay in the house. Wait, so. So you're gonna light it the up windmill like is more than one story. Yes. So you go over into the wind windmill on the base floor. You see all the crates and stuff that Archimedes saw, and you go over to the window and open it down here. No. Okay. Go to the top. So when you go into the, the windmill, you see the circle staircase that runs up the outside edge of the room. The old windmill yes. creaks and whines with the sound of the slowly rotating center pillar, which once was used to grind grain under the large millstone in the center of the room. As you explore the contents of this room, you hear a quiet knock from above you. It's like three quiet knocks. I'm going up. Okay. So you head up the stairs to the next level of the windmill. As you pop your head up into the second floor, you see that it is a fairly open area. There are a couple of cots which are unused and there's no bedding there, but you see some wooden blocks with letters painted on the sides. A trunk sits at the base of one of the cots with its lid closed, but the latches are open and the staircase continues to wind up to the next floor. You have to cross this room to to get to the next set of stairs. Cross the room. Okay, so you leave the uh, the trunk there? Well, I gotta come back this way. Okay. You climb the stairs, or you start climbing the stairs on the opposite side of the room, and going up to the next floor, you find yourself on the back side of the wind sails gearing. Large rotating gears mesh slowly with each other with a soft rubbing sound and an occasional whine. As you investigate the gearing, your attention is suddenly grabbed by a thump, thump, thump from the corner. Your eyes turn to see a small closet with a wooden handle, like a wooden door handle. What do you want to do? 
Just open the door. All Didn't right. Didn't you see scary movies? You know, just open the door. <laughs> I open the door. <laughs> okay. Before you do that, the other two, where are you? They're still in the house. That's a good question. I mean, the I closest I'll let you be is the bottom floor of the windmill. The furthest away you can be is off in the house, still in the kitchen, putting together a meal or something. Where are you? Or investigating the other rooms to make sure there's no one in here, you know, verify that no one's around. Ghostlinger, <laughs> where are you? She's in the house. You know, to be on a podcast, you have to talk. I know. Someone should be with me or somebody close to me. Sound effect. I guess I'm down at the bottom of the stairs. I am your sound effect. So you don't play this game, you're just the sound effect board? No, I'm there. Why would they knock if they didn't want the door open? Exactly, Merlin. they're trying to Merlin, the moment yes. your hand touches this small door handle... The door flies open, and a chill wind rushes into the room. For a moment, you don't react, as your vision is taken up by the scene in the closet. You see the fields outside, covered in a gout of colorless flame, and rolling black clouds overhead. Uh, you instantly know it when your eyes fall on it. You are looking into the Shadowfell. As you are taking in the sights inside this portal before you, you hear a laugh and a vicious scream as a flaming skull comes flying through the portal. The black flames wreathing the skull change to a bright green as it crosses the threshold into the room and the portal behind it disappears. We have to roll initiative. Wow. What an undertaking this is. What do you do, Merlin, as this thing comes flying out at you? And Asharis, roll me a perception to see if you heard the shriek of this flaming skull coming flying out of the closet. Twelve. Is that with all your modifiers? I have perception. Four, so sixteen. Sixteen? Oh, lucky for you. <laughs> I said in my head had to be a sixteen. Alright, so you are suddenly on high alert. You also get to roll initiative. Alert! Alert! But Jessica's going to have to roll higher than a 16 in order to hear that something is out of the ordinary. I got 14. It's the curse of the 14 all over again. Let's see. So Merlin got a, one of these. What's your initiative bonus, Merlin? I don't have any. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Ajaris, up armor class. You got a 14. Was that including your initiative bonus? No. What's your initiative bonus? Five. So you got a 19? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Initiative. Oh, that's investigation. First page in the middle near your health. Oh, plus one. All right. There you go. Ghostslinger rolled an 11. Uh, but Ghostslinger oh. rolled an 11 to find out whether or not she heard the screech from three floors up on the other side of this house. And that's not oh, going to be good enough. Even with her perception, whatever her perception is. She doesn't have it. Okay, so the good thing is, Asharis reacts lightning quick. Up the stairs. What do you do, Asharis? You just go bolting up the stairs? Yeah. All right, you just go bolting up the stairs. 
What else am I gonna do? I don't know. I'm I'm just the dungeon master. You guys are the players. Take out my swords. Okay, you pull out one sword and you run thirty feet. So let's say you're on the second floor, halfway up. You know my speed is thirty-five, right? So I can only go thirty. No, you can go thirty-five. But this is uh, you're gonna you have to go winding up this windmill. So I'm gonna say if you go up, you can go up the stairs, across the room upstairs, halfway, and you'll be able to get into the next into the upstairs the next turn. Does that seem fair? Long sword out. Let's go. Long sword or short swords? Or one of each. You can do either. Uh, because you don't have an action to take, you can pull out both swords this turn. I thought for the long sword I need... One of them is a strength-based weapon, the other one's a finesse weapon, so you can use it for strength or dexterity. So I can dual wield a long sword and a short sword? I think so, as long as it's not a two-handed sword. Well, I didn't know that. I've been dual wielded all the time, people. Your short swords are a d6. Your long sword, if you put it in two hands, I believe is a d8. Or is it a d8 when it's one-handed and a d10 if you do two hands? That would make more sense. I don't know all the rules. I only read the books one time, cover to cover. So... I was watching a show just recently where the guy had a long sword and a short sword. Pretty awesome. Or you can do short swords and dagger. That You can do a short sword and a dagger. That also is a thing you can do. Because you can do a wield. It's a thing. The weapon in your offhand hand doesn't usually get the strength or dexterity bonus, but you don't care. You took that feat so that you get it on both hands. So, what weapons are you drawing? On sword and the short sword. One of both, just to make it hard? Okay. Ghost Slinger, you don't know what's going on. So roll me another perception check. <laughs> of course, she gets a okay. 19 now. She gets a 19. Ghost Slinger, you notice that Ashara's just bolted up the stairs very, very fast from down the hall. You can see, like, down the hall from where you're at in the house. Ashara's mm. just kind of was looking through something and then suddenly bounded up the stairs and you hear footsteps heading up the stairs. Interesting enough, I shall go and do something about this. Okay, roll me initiative, and I'll find out where you fall in the order. Ten. Ten, plus initiative. Thirteen. Thirteen. So, it is now the Flame Skull's turn. But I need to find out where where his thing went. There it is. I gotta open the book. All right. That's like a clown skull. You want to see it? That's pretty scary. It's cool, isn't it? That is cool. I've also got this. So, there's only one person in the room. I really don't have a choice here for what I'm going to do. My hair's already gray. When the green slime hit me, it's even grayer. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to roll this die, tell you what happens. And I age ten years. So this flaming <laughs> skull comes shooting out of the closet at you, Merlin. The dark eye sockets, where its eyes once were, glow with a bright red. 
And as it's approaching you, the red intensifies and forms into a beam of energy that shoots out from its face towards you. And you nimbly jump to the side as it launches out the window behind you. The beam of energy, that is, not the skull. It's got the Superman laser vision? But the second time its eyes start to glow brightly and it focuses in on you, it's closer now. And it hits you with this beam of energy. Uh-oh. And I have bad news. I don't have enough dice. Oh, lucky. 18. And you are hit for 18 points of damage. That's a lot. Fire damage. And your, uh, your beautiful new clothes are singed. This is terrible news. Mm-hmm. Not the clothes. It's all going wrong. And the skull laughs maniacally. With its little skull mouth going the whole time. Like its jaws not connected. <laughs> yeah, like its jaws just kind of flapping up and down. And it's so happy. It's so proud of itself for shooting you. Next up in the order is Ghost Slinger in the house downstairs. A good distance away. Well, I'm gonna take this chance to go over there as far as I can go over there so that I can get over there sooner. Okay. Ghost Slinger, you run your 30 feet or 35 feet? 30. Alright, you run 30 feet, bolting clear across the house into the base of the windmill. You get the ability to take the dash, disengage, or hide action, I think, for being a rogue. So... You could totally dash for free and get up to the second floor without losing your action for the turn. Time to dash. So she dashes up the stairs, following quickly behind Asharis, who has her weapons drawn. Ghostslinger, do you wish to draw your weapons uh, with your action? Yes. Okay. What weapons do you draw? The short swords. The short swords. Okay. So you draw your short swords and are running up the last of the stairs with Asharis. Merlin, you've just been stricken by a creepy skull that just jumped out of a closet that led to the shadow fell. What do you want to do? Change clothes. <laughs> well, it takes five minutes to doff armor. Or no, it takes 20 minutes to doff armor, five minutes to put armor on. So clothes, probably ten rounds of combat to take those off. Well, there's not much I can do. This thing is a uh, a myth. It's it's swords aren't going to help. Can't swing at it. It's like a cloud. Is now, it? do you want to know any of that or not? I'm already smart. I'm already smart. I'm supposed to be intelligent. You are smart. Course, I'm You're not intelligent. intelligent because I didn't open the. I should have not opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you about them scary movies. All right, I'm going to do that thing that Tiffy always says that I do. Which is I'm going to roll a die. <laughs> Uh-oh. What is your intelligence bonus, Merlin? Intelligence. Three. And I'm sure that you're... Wait, what? Three? Is it three? Yeah, intelligence. Three. I thought that became 18. Now you crossed it out. It says plus four right there. Oh, it does say plus four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not going well for that intelligence. That makes it 18. <laughs> okay. So, plus four. That's uh, ten. All right. You're, you, you don't know a huge deal about this particular kind of monster. You've never encountered one before, but you have read some about them. 
you know that this thing is undead. That one's pretty obvious. It's a skull. You know that it is... Let's see, you don't know how it's created. You do know that it is most likely imbued with magic and probably has resistance to most kinds of magic. How about a thunder wave? That ought to shake it up. Okay. Uh, Nobody's here but me. I'm here yep, on my own. Nobody's there but you. You're on your own. It would push it away from you. Let me look very quickly at the spell Thunder Wave so that I can tell me what it does. A wave of thunderous force sweeps out from you. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage. Okay. What is your spell save DC, Merlin? Should be on the second page with your spells at the top. Spell save? Yes. It's like a 15 or a 16 or a 17? I think it's on the third page. Oh, it's on the one with all your spells. It's supposed to tell me? Uh, top right. Spell save? Top right corner. It's not here then, huh? Nope. Up top right corner of the page. Oh, spell save. Spell attack bonus. Six. Spell save. Fourteen. Okay. You do this thunder wave, and all around you, this room that you didn't look at very closely on your way in, tools, like shovels and and some wrenches and like a pipe wrench and a hammer, stuff like that, all fly off the walls <laughs> all around you. Uh, and they, they, they scatter all over the place. But this skull in the middle of the room staring you down is unaffected. It kind of laughs at you again and continues to float eerily nearby. Asharis, on the second floor, headed towards the top, swords drawn, it is your turn. But this, so did it saved itself? Yes. Does it take half damage? <clears throat> yes. Okay. okay. How many? 3d6? Uh, 2d8. So 2D8. I guess half that. 2d8. Let's see. That's this one. It takes some damage. The thunderous boom is audible out to 300 feet. So if if anybody's around... Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, and you're on the very top floor. So all around you, for a very long way, this thunderclap echoes across the, the grassy plains. The open plains. And then is followed by uh, nothing but the sound of this laughing, maniacal skull. Like the Joker. <laughs> and Desharis, it's your turn. Alright, so how far away am I? You are just downstairs. You can get into the room for sure with a movement. So you go bounding up the stairs and let's say on a... You aren't quite close enough to reach it, but you can reach Merlin, who doesn't look like he's doing so great. So I can get in front of him? You could get in front of him. Okay. I knew I should have taken out the bow. Well, you might have made the right decision. You will have to see how this plays out. Okay. Um, Ashar, after your turn, you come running into this room, 
You see tools scattered all over the place. You just heard this ridiculously loud boom from something up here. And you see this maniacally laughing skull. And it locks eyes with you as you come into the room. And those eyes blaze with energy as it fires a beam of energy at you. What is your armor class? 16. And it hits you square in the chest, but the beam doesn't penetrate. You seems like your armor has protected you. Goodness. Hit me right in the chest. I'm not kidding. You said it's 16? Yes. But the very next beam of energy that it launches out hits you in the same spot. And this time, you can feel it burn your skin, dealing... Oh, no. 14 damage. Oh. Yeah. You better get up here. You're dead. I will. When my turn. All we wanted to do is spend the night. Ghost Slinger, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to go upstairs and So, Ghost Slinger, being a rogue, you can get upstairs with your first move. You have the ability to take the dash action for free, so you can go twice as far, so you can definitely get to this thing. And your weapons are drawn. And I can attack it, right? Yep. Okay. Attack! So Ghostslinger comes bounding up the stairs right behind Asharis, and she seems to have, we won't call it unnatural speed, let's say it's ninja-like speed, as she runs over to this floating skull and stabs at it. Roll me an attack. Attack! 14. What's her addition for dexterity? 3. 17? Yeah, that does it. So, roll me some damages. Four. Four damages, plus her dexterity modifier. Three. Seven. Do you wish to throw on your sneak attack damage? Sure. So, 2d6. Ten. Yikes. And your other hand. I roll the d20 again, right? 18. 18? That's a darn good hit. Plus 3 is 21. That'll definitely do it. Go ahead and roll your damages for your short sword. Blackjack. 6. That's good. So, Asharis, you come in and quickly get in the way of Merlin, who is about to get stricken down by the laser beams from this flying skull's eyes. Then Ghostslinger comes running up behind you, and she quickly comes in and double swipes at this thing, knocking it out of the air, and you see the, uh, the, the flames around it, the bright green flames, kind of wither back a little bit as it falls down in the corner. But the laughter hasn't stopped, and it's Merlin's turn. It's oh, a no. terrible uh, jack-in-the-box. <laughs> well, I won't be throwing any fire because we're in a wooden building. Oh, good idea. I think I'll put my shields up. Your shield can be cast as a reaction, so you can cast it when you get hit, and it increases your armor class. So you can so try and attack it again. Uh, the Thunder Wave did do damage to it, because it does half damage if the thing dodges, which it did. Well, I, maybe the cloud, fog cloud, we, we could hide and he, he couldn't see us, maybe. Shields plus five armor, five temper armor. Let me detect, uh, detect magic. Let's see how big this guy is. If you cast a detect magic, the thing that you know is magic, which is a floating skull in the room, will start to glow. 
and maybe some other stuff in the room, but it's not really going to help you to not die. Yeah, we're dying here. <laughs> we got to attack it. I'm just... All right. Magic missiles. Magic missiles is a good call. So you throw some magic missiles, which is three darts of magical energy that never fail to hit what you're targeting. They fly directly at the skull, and they are on target to hit it, and just before they do, a magical orb of force springs out around the skull. It looks just like your shield spell, and all three of your darts run into it, but don't penetrate it. This is terrible. Oh my gosh. This thing's gonna kill us. He's got his shields up. Mm. It is now Asharis' turn. And the skull in the corner that Ghostslinger knocked away with her wicked attack of lightning speed is now surrounded by an orb of shield. Alright, well, I'm still gonna try to hit it. Okay, you got two swords in your hand and an evil thing across the room. Run over there and get it. Okay, roll me an attack roll. Attack roll. 16. 16? What's your, uh, what's your bonus for your dexterity? Five. Oh, plus your proficiency. What's your attack bonus on there? Five. That's what it says on the thing? It says plus five to attack? Six. Ah, okay, that's better. So, that's a 22, right? Yeah, it's 22. You go over to this thing, and the shield should stop you. You know that that shield is there, and you know it's super powerful, but you're expecting it, so you strike extra hard, and you ram your sword right through it and hit it. Roll me damage. Um, let's see. So if I'm using the long sword with one hand, we determined it's a D8? I didn't determine. It's sitting right here. Just a moment. Does it say D8 on your sheet? No, it says D10 on my sheet. I never got to the right page. It was 193. 193 in the player's handbook. Alright, let's say it's a D8. Four. Plus your strength modifier. Which is one. Okay, so five. And then the short sword in your other hand. Go ahead and roll me another attack. Ten. Ten. Six. So sixteen. So with your offhand, you go to swipe at the skull, but you just don't quite have enough power to get through that shield that it's put up, and your attack doesn't reach it. It is the flame skull's turn. Uh, and as its turn starts, the magical shield drops down. And it will cast it will cast a flaming sphere into the middle of the room next to Ghost Slinger and Asharis are between this flaming sphere. And before it ends its turn, the flaming sphere will run into Ghost Slinger. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how that works. Dexterity saving throw, if I'm not mistaken, but let me check, because I'm not a hundred percent on that one. Flaming Sphere. Five-foot diameter sphere of fire appears in an unoccupied space of your choice within range and lasts for the duration. Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must take make a dexterity saving throw. The creature takes 2d6 fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. As a bonus action, you can move the sphere up to 30 feet. If you ram the sphere into a creature, that creature must make a saving throw against the sphere's damage, and the sphere stops moving this turn. So, Ghostslinger, roll me a dexterity saving throw. That is a d20 plus your dexterity modifier. 11 plus 3, 14. 
that does it. Just barely. You just barely managed to get out of the, the way of this thing before it rams into you. But it does still singe you a little bit. You take two damage. Oh, and that will end the um, Flame Skull's turn. It is now Ghost Slinger's turn. There is a cracked floating skull in front of Asharis, who just threw a giant flaming ball across the room at you. Time to attack it. Uh, roll me an attack roll. Is that Asharis? What? Is that an amulet any good that she's carrying around in her pocket? I don't know. Maybe we could throw that thing in its face and see what happens. <laughs> she got a 15 plus uh, a, a spiritual plus 5. Plus 5. That's 20. Okay. As you swing at it, Ghost Slinger, it recoils and the sphere of force pops up around it again. But your short sword's not stopped and you ram it into it anyway. I think with the way that sneak attack dice work is you get advantage on rolls when somebody is standing next to you so you might be able to do sneak attack again but that seems crazy overpowered i don't know roll your damage extra 1d6 damage if within five feet of a friendly for the sneak attack okay she gets the that extra 1d6 because she's within five feet of you so i need to roll two d6s here for you that's what it sounds like okay go Nine. Shoot. Plus a uh, dexterity modifier? Three. And as your sword stabs through this uh, dome of force that springs up around the skull, it sinks into it right between its eye sockets, and it s the, uh, the flames around it slowly wither and go out. And wow. the laughing stops. And the fireball in the room slowly starts to dissipate into nothingness. Do we have a souvenir? A broken skull. <laughs> I'll take that too and I'll wear it as a Halloween costume. Ghostlinger, you know that a lot of the times, magically imbued undead things don't die when you kill them. You've experienced no. this back before in your, uh, your homelands, uh, and you know that they have to be cleansed they have to be the magic on them has to be dispelled or they need to be purified so that the soul that was imbuing them doesn't come back even though you've killed it okay so you have to do this weird ritual sort of thingy basically huh interesting enough <laughs> put, a, put a cross on it see if you can burn it is that gonna work <laughs> so you know that you don't want this thing to come back while you're around it, or you want to get rid of it. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to... Well, can we cleanse it? You can, but you'll need to find out, or find a way to do that. Because none of you is a priest, and uh, you're the not... The power of compels you! The yes. power <laughs> You're not imbued with divine force. Merlin is imbued with... Are imbued with arcane force, but not divine force. Mm. How long is it going to stay dead? Well, that's a good question. I can't sleep tonight with knowing it's still here. Yep. Mm. Well, how would we get rid of it? <laughs> we could lock it back in this room where it was. 
close the door. Can we bar up the... It was in there before and couldn't get out. And I, I'm going to let it out. So let's put it back in that room and just lock it up. Can we put a, like a, what are the tools? God, you You can do anything you want to do. Let's uh, try locking it in that room. Lock it back in the closet. Okay, Ashar, uh, Ghost Slinger, it's on your sword. What do you do with it? Put it back in the closet. So you you pull it off your sword and you toss it into the closet? Yes. And no, you close... Leave the sword stuck in it. I'm not leaving my sword. You can get another sword. It doesn't matter. I'm not leaving my sword. Sounds to me like she pulls her sword out of it and throws it in the closet. Okay, lock the door. Put uh, some nails in it. There is no lock on the door, but yes, you can put nails in the door. We got the tools. Can we, like, bar it with, like, a tool? And... Uh, right, there's nail there's... a couple of boards across it. Yep, you can do that. So, oh, we'll have to... since you didn't look around this room, as you're now looking around this room, looking at these tools that are all over the place... Now we see there's something there we should have used. Looking around the rest of this room, it looks like it was mostly used for storage. There are a few tools hung on the wall, and some spare planks are laid along the far edge by this closet that thumped before you opened it. So, in one of the drawers at a at the, the workbench near the tools, you find some nails, and you take these couple of spare planks in order to bar this door closed, hammering the nails into the into the, the rafters and the walls to uh, keep it closed uh, while you're afraid that this skull may come back to haunt you again. Keep it secret, keep it safe. Yes. Do you wish to do anything else now that it's dead? Let's write a note on the door. Do not open. <laughs> Don't open at any risks unless you are a brave hero that wants to die. Merlin will take out a piece of parchment and write upon it, do not open and hammer that to the door. <laughs> How about we just burn it right into the door? All right, I will let you make uh How do you want to burn it in? Flaming hand. Just write it right on there. All right, you write it with a flaming hand. <laughs> uh, this do not open on the, the wood of this door. Yes, on pain of death. Okay, <laughs> you want to do anything else? Let's go downstairs and check that trunk that I passed up before. I want to close the shutters. Oh, to the to the wind to the outside. Yes. Okay, you close the shutters and the room falls mostly dark. You can still see some of the faint sun from outside peeking in through the cracks in the shutters. I have a torch. I will go downstairs. Turn it on. Okay. <laughs> you light a torch, or do you do your light spell on your staff again? I'll do my light spell. Okay, you do the light spell on your staff and head downstairs to check out the trunk that you passed on your way up. Uh, Asharist and Ghost Slinger, as you guys head downstairs, I'm assuming you follow, or at least you're going that direction, uh, you see a fairly open floor plan. The wooden planks make up the floor with two cots, and at the base of one of the cots you see a trunk with the latches open, and nearby there are some uh, blocks with letters painted on the sides of them. Blocks with letters? Yeah, like A, B, C in like common. Baby blocks? Like baby blocks. Oh, okay. That kind of blocks. I was thinking scary. Yep, scary baby blocks. Terrifying. 
as Merlin goes over and goes to pr uh, open this um, chest that's on the on the floor next to it, nothing happens. And he goes over and lifts up the lid on this chest and finds it to be empty. There is nothing inside. It looks like it's been cleaned out. <laughs> oh, goodness. That figures. All right, so what about the... What about our injuries? Do we have injuries now? You do definitely have injuries. You were burned by a flaming skull. Are we going to heal overnight or not? Yes, you will. Yeah. You can also choose to... You can take a short rest and heal up with... What are they called? Hit dice? As you're kind of resting up in the house for the next hour. Before bed. Before bed. So go ahead and spend your hit dice as many as you want to heal up. Well, I'm just sitting there. So on your thing, it says hit dice next to your health. It should say four, uh, four and a number, like a D6 for Merlin. Health. Oh, once again. Why Am I looking on health? 2D10. Yours, you're level four now, right? Yeah. So it's now it's 4D10. And now yours is 4D6 because you're level four. Oh, it's now four? Yep. 46 then. So I rolled some dice for you, Merlin. And yeah. let's see, that's 16 health you recover during this hour long rest. 42. I get 17. So I'm back to full health. And Ghost Slinger, you can roll a die as well if you want to recover those two or not. It's up to you. What, what did I get, Derek? 16. So you're down two from your starting health. Okay. Okay, me and, uh, me and Ghost Slinger are all back to health. Full, full hit point. Also, I have Longsword right here. It is a 1d8 slashing, or 1d10 if wielded two-handed. Okay. Pretty sure that's what this means. It's a short sword plus 5 attack bonus or plus 6 attack bonus. The attack bonus is dependent on you. It's your dex plus your proficiency. And your proficiency is plus 2. But wait, my dex is 5 plus 2, so it's 7 now. Okay. What is my experience points now? That's a good question. We'll have to deal with that next time. You guys have an hour rest ahead of you before going to bed. Do you guys want to do anything during your hour rest? Do you want to, you know, finish exploring this place, looking around at all the stuff that it has to offer? Yes. On the bottom floor of the windmill, you find that the bags and crates are full of flour. It looks like this mill was grinding uh, wheat into flour. Wouldn't that be unusual to leave that all behind? Maybe. Depends on how fast you were leaving. If you had a flaming skull in your closet, would you stick around to collect all the flour? No. No. So, upstairs in the attic, which I... I'll say you saw them while you were up you while you were up there looking around at all the tools. You find some bridles for the donkeys. Mm. Uh, in the house downstairs, you find some fresh clothes in one of the wardrobes that looks like it got missed when they were uh, leaving the house. You also find thirty copper and seven silver in a drawer in the kitchen. Oh my God! No, that needs to go to Merlin because you spent all his money. So the flower down in the base floor, most of it is water damaged, but it looks like you find six bags that were kind of stacked up in a corner that don't have any water damage, 
and you would be able to take as much as you think you can eat before it would go bad. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, okay. I guess we'll take three bags. Well, you can take three bags, or you could make up some bread while you're here and take bread instead, or That's a good idea. whatever you want to do. I mean, you have a kitchen at your disposal. There's a whole house here. It doesn't have a lot of stuff in it, but it's got some stuff. It'd have to be flatbread, because I don't think any of you is carrying with baking supplies to make risen bread, but hmm. flour and water, mix that together. Yeah, flatbread. Dabbling cakes. Yep, flat cakes or something. So we will resume again next week. When you guys hear above you a quiet oh, in the attic, stop in the oh, attic. The attic this time, there's an attic. You don't know. It's it's the same attic. It's upstairs in the windmill. It's the guy. He's in the closet, still knocking on the door. Wants out again. You don't go back up there. You We're not going to open the door this time. Let's <laughs> leave him in there. You run like it's your last decision in life. <laughs> run away. <laughs> Goodbye. You bravely ran away, away. Good night, friends, and goodbye. <laughs> you are something special, Jessica.